About a month ago, someone I was talking to suggested I should try doing the February project again. I said, oh, but February is so far away. They said, okay then, do the September project. I said, you know what? Maybe I will. Then I forgot until just about a week ago, and I still said, you know what? Maybe I will. Because for once in my godforsaken life, I can actually say that a lot of things have changed, and I feel great. Let's start from the beginning. My second attempt at the February project in 2020 fizzled out about halfway through, and I was fine with that. The same thing happened the second time I tried to do videos every day in November. I didn't feel as compelled to reach the same goal again, and the ideas just weren't coming. Right around that same time, a seed was planted in my head about possibly moving to New York City. I didn't have any sort of specific reason, I had just been craving a massive, earth-shattering change that might shake something loose in me that I felt was stuck from living in the same Virginia town for three years, the same town my family lived in, just an hour from my college town. As much as I didn't have a reason to go to New York, I couldn't find much of a compelling argument for any other random city. I knew people there, people I could see myself getting closer with if I lived there. And I knew that there was the chance to meet new people who were the kinds of people I want to work with creatively, which is something I felt very hopeless and stifled about if I ended up staying in Virginia for much longer. And ultimately, why the hell not? I've never made a change that drastic in my life. Maybe it would open the world to me. Maybe it would ruin my life and I'd want to go home immediately. Either way, my mid-twenties sounded like the perfect time to give it a shot, if not the only time. My friends and I actually had plans to visit our friend Emmy, who was in grad school at NYU, the weekend of March 13th, 2020. That trip got predictably cancelled, which was absolutely for the best, but it left me pretty disappointed as I'd attached this significance to it as my one opportunity to see how I felt about being there. Honestly, I'd never spent a whole lot of time in New York. If I hated it off the bat, I could scrap my lofty dreams and go back to the drawing board to figure out what the hell my next steps looked like. So instead, I was left to superimpose the idealism I'd come to harbor for it over any anxious doubts. It was actually sort of easy to go so hard on the optimism, because my parents were serving as this diametrically opposite perspective on the matter. Anytime they expressed their Fox News-driven fears about the state of New York City and how it was simultaneously a dead and empty ghost town, but the streets were also teeming with rampant criminals, it wasn't so hard to equate my own doubts with theirs and render them just unhelpful. But I was also left with the moving target of the pandemic, having no idea when it might feel a bit safer to go there, and when people would be able to get vaccinated. So it took a while, because originally I thought I couldn't do it unless I got a job there first. But at some point I realized that just wasn't happening trying to do it remotely from another city, so I kind of just had to make the leap and get there if the job couldn't come first. My current job was still remote, so it could hold me over until I actually got something new. And it would be so much more likely to get a job actually living there and being able to interview and meet new people and see if I could make any helpful connections. But eventually, the pieces came together. I can actually say that as of May 1st, 2021, I live in New York City. 
You know, I've always been a big fan of dreams. I love telling people about my dreams, and I even made a whole episode of this very podcast about it in 2019. I remember quite a few of my dreams even years later, and I had this one dream in high school about having just moved to New York for some undetermined reason. In the dream, it felt understood that I was in my 20s, and I was existing in this small, bleary, gray apartment with next-to-no furniture and bland colors on the walls, and it was dreary and raining outside, and there was no one there. I didn't even see much, but I felt an understanding that I lived in this big, dirty city and I knew no one, and I didn't know where to start. I was alone, and I felt terrible, and it felt like I'd put myself in that situation. This dream genuinely influenced my perception of what I thought it would be like to live in New York. It had been such a visceral, real feeling that I understood it almost as if it was some sort of premonition, a confirmation that if I lived in New York, I'd already seen what it would be like. Maybe six months ago, I had another dream, and it's worth saying that this was in the depths of my serious push to get myself to move. I was walking around a city street that was lined with brick buildings, a strange empty lot filled with debris here and there. There was trash on the sidewalks and rats running by and people who scared me in the way I was taught to be scared of people. I didn't really know where I was or where I was going, but I knew it was New York. And I loved it. It felt new, and I felt alive. It felt like exactly where I wanted to be, this strange, uncomfortable place that required effort to feel settled in, that didn't have a place for me to settle into unless I made one. I felt confident that I could navigate that sort of environmental shock to my system. And you know what? That's exactly how I feel. I love the new life I'm making and all of the quirks of this place. I love the rats and the trains and the noises and the sights. It's, it's just so cool. I just really love it. I live in a cute two-bedroom apartment in Brooklyn with a friend of a friend who I sort of knew in college. We get along fantastically and are growing a small group of friends around us, shopping around for a bar trivia that we like enough to go to regularly, cooking for each other and our friends, and learning new spots in our neighborhood and beyond. I'm getting the opportunity to spend time with my friends who already lived here, like Emmy and my dear friend from high school, Mario, and even one of my internet friends who I'd never met before now, and who has so graciously introduced me to their group of queer, creative friends who I felt so at home with right away. I've been writing and actually chipping away at the project I came here to create, a narrative fiction podcast that I knew I'd need collaborators and people with other skill sets to make happen. It was never going to be something I could make alone in my bedroom, and New York felt like as good a place as any to find those people. Magically, it already has been. I want to say I feel like I'm on a precipice, but that doesn't quite feel accurate. I don't feel as if I'm looking over a vista prepared to leap off and soar into the sky. It's more like I'm standing at the base of a mountain, and I've been there for years. I know what I want is to climb, and I even know how to do it. I've prepared. I've watched other people take to the rock face with unbridled confidence and make it to the top, victorious and fulfilled. I feel capable, but god, there's so many things that could go wrong, aren't there? I could slip and fall and die. I could make it a decent distance and find out later that other climbers were just off to the side laughing at my form, knowing I'd never be able to make it all the way because I'm just not built for it. So I could turn around and stay where I've always been. The other option is to plant my hand on the rock and just pull myself up the first few feet. And that's what I feel like I've just done. I have absolutely no idea how climbing a mountain actually works in practice, so excuse the silly metaphor, but making the move has filled me with the adrenaline I need to keep going, and I knew this would happen all along, and you know, to a point, maybe I needed to stand there looking up at the summit for all those years. Maybe it was finally the right moment. 
Maybe there's no such thing as the right moment. All I know is that I finally feel like I'm gonna make it to that summit and it's gonna take a lot of effort, but it feels so good. That's what really scares me the most at this point, how pleasantly, placidly content I feel. It's not that I haven't been there before. I was. I've always had great friends around me and we've always done fun things and I've learned about myself and loved myself better each year. But I had never taken a risk and grabbed at something I didn't necessarily need to do but wanted because I thought it sounded cool. I think a huge part of me thought I would take this leap to New York and immediately realize it was a mistake, just like I always think everything will be. But it wasn't. I'm trying so hard to not just wait for it to wear off. I don't want to be counting down the days to the morning when I wake up and feel off and find that that high I've been riding on has finally faded. I just want to exist here, feeling so hopeful and renewed and inspired. I don't think I've quite felt like this in the last few years, if ever. I don't think it would have been possible to feel like this without the work I've done on myself in these last few years. I'd have never looked at an opening in my life and just fashioned an opportunity out of nothing rather than waiting for someone else to nudge me towards the right door. I feel like if you go back and listen to some of my previous pieces in this series, you'll hear a very different Allison with a very different outlook. I wasn't always fully plagued by fear, but I think you can hear it in every assessment of my mental state and every question about how I'm going to make a place in the world. So I think this period of my life might be a fun one to catalog, to see what comes out of my brain when I force this external pressure on myself to create. I find that these pieces end up being really solid relics of who I was at the time, and I think this is a time I'd like to have some artifacts from. The first time I did the February project, I wanted to use it as a tool to just make anything, since I felt like I'd been stagnant and uninspired, and establishing a structure for myself always tricks me into creating. It was also to try to safeguard myself against the typical seasonal malaise February brings, the dismal come down from the long stretch of festive months. September is actually, by my standards, the beginning of that part of the year, the first month it's appropriate to get a little bit autumnal even if it's still 80 degrees the entire time. And I actually feel like I've made a lot in the last year and a half. It's not all been novel, exactly, and I'll get into that soon, but I feel extremely creatively energized at the moment. I also think I just miss making audio like this, because I've been in a very writing-centric headspace since the last time. Writing can be really quiet and solitary. I want to use my voice again and practice editing for storytelling in ways that I don't get to do with robots on typewriters. I want to throw 30 little pieces of spaghetti at the wall and see which ones stick and which ones slide to the ground upon impact. It's just a little adventure, and I'm ready for this brand new September. This has been day one of the February Project, September edition, a mini podcast where I make an audio piece of 10 minutes or less every day in the month of September 2021, even though this one's a little bit over 10 minutes. You can find me on Twitter at Allison Perone. Perone has uh, three R's in the handle. And you can also find my other podcast, Robots on Typewriters, wherever you listen to podcasts.